Have you thought about starting your own podcast? Well, if you have, then you want to download Anchor. It's the easiest way that you can make a podcast. They give you everything you need in one place, and it's absolutely for free. You can use it right from your phone or your computer. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll even distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere, like on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and others. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So if you were thinking of starting your own podcast, you want to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. How we doing? This is Rob Foster with RBF Fitness and Nutrition. Public speaking is the number one fear in the world. I started a business during the recession in 2009 here in the U.S. People upgrade their iPhones, they upgrade their Androids, they upgrade their laptops, but they're operating with the same brain that they operated with for the last decade. You should know the value that you bring to the marketplace. You know what your passion is. You know why you do what you do. So racism, it's out there, but it doesn't have to stop you. Just because somebody might look at you a certain way, that doesn't have to stop your forward progress. I mentor people with master's degrees, with PhDs, and I help people who have been in business for a long time. I had deal with, with the nutrition store maybe a half mile away from my facility, and we, we cross-promote. You know, we help out to give our clients what they need. That's where you have to eliminate the excuses. You gotta make that game plan say, for me to get to that point, Happy Sunday, everyone. This is Rob Foster with Shut Up and Grind. Episode number 46 kicks off on Valentine's Day. So as you're out there spreading the love to those closest to you, don't forget to spread the love to yourself. All right? Spread the love to yourself because self-love is everything. And too much, too many times we're focused on everyone else that we're forgetting about ourselves. So just remember, you matter too. So give, give yourself that same level of love. All right. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about telling your personal stories because people can talk about other people's stories. People can talk about movies they watch. People can talk about other people's drama. But when it comes to speaking about yourself, that's where people need work. And as you all know, I just recently created a program called Speak About Yourself Out Loud, where I teach you exactly how to do that, how to take the good, the bad, and the ugly that is hiding in the depths of your soul and package them together to change other people's lives. So no matter what you're dealing with inside, whether it's hurt, whether it's anger, whether it's it's resentment, no matter what it is, we can teach you how to package that and change your own life because that weight will lift from you, but to help change other people's lives who may be going through something similar. 
And to help me have this discussion today, I found someone who also helps people tell the stories of their life. Let me get the live feed up here. That's why I keep looking down. Your personal stories. No, we forget stuff every now and then, but that's okay. We're all human. All right, so now coming to help me have this conversation, she has a master's degree in creative writing. She's a lifelong writer. She's a writing coach. She's a facilitator of the law of attraction. And as I said, she's a storytelling coach. So please welcome to the show, Tina DeMarco. <laughs> welcome. Oh, thank you. That was quite an introduction. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, people, people, awesome. get, people get a kick out of my, my intros. Your intro's <laughs> awesome. I've never been introduced like that. And already it's giving me a sense of, of um, power, a sense of individual power, individual um, pride, you know? Yes. Um, yeah, exactly. Yes. And and as you know, being a, being a storytelling coach, so many times we do amazing things as just human beings, but to us it's day to day and we don't realize how amazing it actually is. So right. when you hear somebody, sorry, when you hear somebody else in, introduce you, it's like, "Wow, I'm I'm kind of awesome." Yeah, and then the other part of it is, who's that girl? <laughs> you know, going back to that old Marlo uh, Thomas, I know I'm dating myself, but that Marlo Thomas um, TV series, who's that girl? It's like, yes. that can't be me. I mean, I'm this little girl who is, who's going out trick-or-treating for Halloween or who who's, who's um, signing my name to all of these little <laughs> Valentine's cards to distribute them to everybody in my, in my, uh, my third grade um, grammar school class, yes. you know? So that's that's another person, uh, another part of who I am. It's like we're we're just this myriad of um, of of um, combinations of of entities, you know, and um, we pick and choose who we want to be from a day to day you know level, uh, depending upon if it's good hair day, you know, for those of us that, are conscientious about that, whether we have makeup on. That's not me. As soon as I said that, it was like, whoops. I'm having a good bald head day today. (laughs) But, but, you know, I mean, even with this pandemic, you know, I spend my days in sweats and in gym clothes. It's like I went to uh, the post office and I got dressed up. I put makeup on. I I wore some jewelry, you know. I mean, it's the lit. And yet all of those things matter. They yeah. all matter. They all say to the world, this is who I am. Yes. Being your authentic self is what matters, yes. which is, which is yes. why I do my shows in a tank top. Because I went, I have, I can't tell you, how, I probably have about 20 of these. It's like, that's, <laughs> just, that's me. That's who I am. That's how I dress. I mean, I own a gym, so. Yeah, that, yeah. Well, you also get to show your muscles off too, you know. So. That's an added benefit. <laughs> but, but honestly, I do it because my, my body's constantly This is warm. who you are. So, yeah. Well, that and, and I sweat a lot. So, so like that's that's why. If, if I was up here in a shirt and yeah. tie, by the end of the hour, I'd have little wet wet stains all over. So, so yeah, I know. Part I, is, is I get to let myself breathe. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> all right. Life is so, funny. All right. So, tell us a little bit about your uh, backstory. So, like, where where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Okay, so I live in Connecticut. Uh, oh, in Fairfield. Where? I live in Fairfield County. Oh, okay. I'm right, right, up, right next to you in Rhode Island. I, I know, I know. I have yeah. a nephew who lives in Rhode Island. I have two nephews who live in Rhode Island. As a oh, matter of fact, you might 
I don't, you might know one of them. You might know both of them. One campaigned for um, um, Harris. The oh, okay. other one is the complete opposite. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's typically the case. <laughs> I know, I, I know, I know. But anyway, so I'm, I'm a lifelong resident of Connecticut and okay. I like it. Um, I did live a, a couple of years on and off in Florida and uh, I did not like Florida. It's too hot. It's too humid. You know, it's just mm -hmm. too everything. Um, but it was an interesting, you know, an interesting time in my life. I was a lot younger. Um, Connecticut for me has an awful lot to offer. And, um, you know, so I chose, I choose to stay. I mean, I have one kid, one son and his family lives in Maine and, and another one lives in Michigan. And my last one lives right here nearby in Stratford, which okay. is, you know, um, uh, not too far from me. Yeah. So it works. I, I get to fly, I get to drive, you know, <laughs> but um, anyway, so yeah, I, I like Connecticut. I, I, wouldn't want to go anywhere else. I don't, I don't think anyway, I've been around, you know, the country, but yeah. nice. That's yeah. about I it. I lived in, um, I lived in Oakdale, Connecticut, like okay. Oakdale, yeah. by Waterford. I yeah. lived there and I lived in Jewett city in the Griswold area. Oh, okay. So I know, I know both. I don't know Jewett city, but I know the Griswold area. Um, I, I drive up to Rocky Hill um, oh, yeah. where I go past, you know, I go, I go past, um, um, your Wallingford, et cetera. And, um, and that's an interesting drive. And then I hit 91 and, you know, it all goes to hell in a handbasket, <laughs> uh, especially on the way home at nine 30 at night or something like that. Yep. But, uh, yeah, it's, um, it, it, I, where I live, I have access to all of the major highways in the state and I still live in the suburban area. Nice. Um, so I used to, I grew up in an old uh, colonial, you know, we had like three acres worth of, worth of uh, land and we had horses and chickens and ducks. And we had a bull that my father, oh, wow. yeah, well, he became, he became, you know, a lot of steak dinners and, <laughs> um, you know, we, we had a lot of different animals growing up. So it, it was definitely interesting. Right now I have a dog and a cat. Nice. So mine's actually similar, believe, believe it or not. My parents had, had about maybe, I don't know, one and a half acres of land, what, one, yeah. one, one point eight, somewhere around there. I know it's under two, but yeah. we, we had 48 chickens. We had four, four pigs. We had oh, a wow. bunch, yeah. bunch, bunch of cats, a couple dogs. Uh -huh. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I did too. I mean, the most I had were three cats and three dogs and I loved every one of them you know it was just it's just an interesting way to live you know because you get you get to give love to something other than yourself and and you know small animals or animals themselves are really appreciative in their way they might not be able to talk back to you but they can show their you know their yes. love i've got this little dog who um he doesn't really show his love all that much he he mm -hmm. he demands you know it's like if i let him out he expects a treat and that's all there is to it mm -hmm. and when he doesn't like something he hides under his blanket he <laughs> hides under his blanket all the time and so this past winter that's basically what i've been doing i've been posting um photos of my dog beans under his blanket and I mean, that's pretty, <laughs> that's, kind of that's how small my life has gotten, but wow. I think everybody has gotten that, you know, that, that way too. So, you know, I, I don't, I definitely don't feel alone. How has the uh, pandemic affected you at all? 
Um, well, I, I didn't realize it, but I did go through periods of, of um, I'm going to say depression, but I didn't, I, I didn't know it at the time, just feeling small, you know, I wasn't going out and I still don't go out all that often at this point. I got my first shot yesterday. So in about another month, um, I'll be a lot more mobile, you know, uh, but I, I, I stopped going to the gym. And I've gained some weight, like most other people have. I take my dog out for a walk, depending upon the weather. Um, it's just been really small. I don't get to see very many people. I see my little granddaughter who turns one years old tomorrow. Oh, wow. And I see her from um, from my son's uh, enclosed porch. There's this window where her play area is. And we interact that way. We do high fives, you know, mm -hmm. with the little kid and such. such, <laughs> such. And I mean, they're protecting her, you know, from yeah. COVID, et cetera, and they're protecting themselves, et, et cetera. So um, in a couple of weeks, I'll be able to go into the house, et cetera, with them. And that'll be fun. But I haven't seen my other, I have another one-year-old granddaughter in Michigan. And I saw her once when she was a baby. And it was before the pandemic, you know, had really caught fire. I think it was like in maybe April. Okay. Um, of last year, just when it was starting to build steam. And, and I haven't seen her yet. I, I spent a lot of time on Zoom, a mm. lot of time on Facebook, uh, FaceTime with, you know, with my granddaughters and with my kids. Um, my ears hurt after a while from, you know, having my little, my little um, earbuds in. And uh, I mean, it's just a different way to live. So I think most most of what we need is to be able to be flexible and to adapt because otherwise if we don't, we stay stuck in either an era or a mental or emotional time frame that um, gets harder and harder to break out of. And, um, and this is where, you know, I'm segueing right into what I do, but this is where being a writing coach comes into play because um, through the different things that I do, um, I help people break through those those roadblocks or those um, ingrained habit patterns that we all have. You know, we just we rethink the same things over and over again, even if it's 10 years old or, or, or 50 years old, you know, however long it is. We just keep we keep doing what we do. And uh, the things that I've been learning and the things that I've um I've uh, acquired as far as tools I use to help people break through those patterns. And surprisingly, they're uh, very interesting patterns, you know, which uh, totally, uh, totally amazes me. And every time I work with someone, whether it's uh, an ingrained pattern or something that they're, they're stuck with when it comes to writing out, um, a moment, a story in their lives, uh, and and they can't go forward, and they don't understand why there's resistance of some kind. Uh, through the tools that I've learned to use, I can help them get right to the right to the bottom of it. And it amazes me every single time that happens, and it's true. It's it's something you can you know just clock. You can take it right to the bank with you. And I watch my clients, or I watch um, people that I have. Um, gift calls, practice sessions with uh, change, you know, they light right up after a while. And it's, it's just amazing, you know, um, 
and and that that keeps me going because it's like yes you know we all have a purpose we all matter we all have a voice we 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 um got our voices you know we acquired our voices the minute we were born and how we use them or don't use them um depends upon the environments and the um um the the moments you know that we have within our lives well that you know I want to expand on that there for a second because sure. you, you said you said a key key sentence there, or I guess it's a phrase. You matter. Yeah, you matter because like as I'm working with with people, is people I constantly hear, oh, who wants to hear from from me? Like nobody cares about about my story. I'm like, you'll be surprised. There's seven billion people on this planet. <laughs> I was just gonna, gonna say that. Right? It's like your story <laughs> is gonna resonate with someone. Right. It's, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's like I'm working. I'm working with my sister. She had a brain aneurysm burst in 2016, and so it's 2021 now. So she's still with us. You know, 20 yeah, percent. Yeah. Only 20 percent of people survive what she went through. So mine that, did. Not. Oh, really? My, mine did not. Yeah. So I, I, I totally applaud. Um, congratulate your sister and wish you know you all the best of luck. Thank you. The best of health. See and. And that's a big reason why I want her to tell her story. Cause right now she's still, she's still angry. Like she's still angry about it. Cause she's not able to do what she once was. And I was actually going back and forth with her on text just yet, just yesterday. Cause I'm telling yeah. her like, I'm like, there is power in, in your story. There like is, yeah. since that accident, like they, they have four, four kids. Well, a, her husband stepped up in a major, major way. Like yeah. he has been such a rock by her side and we, we appreciate him. You know, the family appreciates yeah. him yeah. and because like, cause his life changed that day as well, you know, not, yeah. just, not just hers, but in that time she's seen, you know, her husband step up in amazing ways. She's seen her oldest son, moved to New York City and he's singing and acting and he was just in a nationwide commercial. Her other uh -huh. son got signed to play professional basketball in Finland after getting a scholarship for basketball. Her daughter got a scholarship to Southern New Hampshire University for volleyball yeah. and their youngest daughter right now is being recruited all over the country for basketball. Wow. Like That's just awesome. That, that alone. That is awesome. Like, yeah. Like you have a lot of good stuff going on right now. Yeah. Yeah. And you are here to see it. Like you're back working as, as an educator. It's like, yeah, you're not what you once were, but you're still here. It's like you're here for a reason and the world needs to hear that story. So right. anyway, I got her to agree to do an off video interview with me next Sunday. And I really think that's going to go a long way to, to help yeah. improving her spirits and her healing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, the more she can share her unique story, and it is unique, each individual story is unique, uh, the more understanding and awareness and insight. And I, you know, I mean, I don't want to use these words as cliches, but it's, 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 a, it's a fact. The more that she understands who she is, who she was, what happened. And at some point she'll understand on, on a, I'll say on a spiritual or on an energetic level, the why of it. And she'll find, and she'll come to be able to pull different truths out. Like you just said, her husband stepped up. Her kids have, have become, uh, they've stepped into their own individual powers. They're taking advantage of their lives 
and their ability to say yes to something that is um, uh, unique and 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 um, forward moving, you know, for themselves in their own lives. And to be able to raise four kids with each one going in a direction um, that's highly visible in the ways that they are is, is an achievement. And it's something that she can be proud of. Just waking up in the morning and being able to talk is an achievement and something to say thank you to. And I think one of the things that I've discovered is the ability to be grateful for the contrast that's in my life and for the things that are are um, good, so to speak, that come from that. Because we don't always stay in a bad place, but we always, but we also don't always stay in a good place. We're always moving forward. We're always le- learning. We are never going to die perfect. Yeah. And the first time I heard that, it was as if a window opened for me, and I stopped trying to not that I ever tried to be perfect, but only a few <laughs> years I did. But yeah. you know, I mean, I gave that up a long time ago. You know, it is what it is. But but to know that you know we're we're um, we're evolving uh, organisms, we're evolving human beings, and as such, we need to we need to mess up in order to be able to grow because we don't learn from never having to say you're sorry. You know, we learn from being sorry and understanding the differences. We we learn to walk, not the first time, but after falling on our little tushes so, so often, <laughs> yep. et cetera, et cetera. It's like, you know, I mean, we, we learn to walk when we were kids, when we were babies, but when we were first born, that ability to walk, that ability to talk, that ability to love and to be hurt, they all were within us. And as we aged out of each different stage, as we grew, we were able to accomplish and achieve those goals, whether they were our intention or not. So there's that part of how our story is so valuable, not just to ourselves, but to somebody else. And um, having said that, though, that also opens up the door to to realizing that we do matter. You know, it's like I saw a movie, and I can't remember the name of it, but it was about Beethoven. And at the end of the movie, um, he's like laying in this little little, um, puddle of water, and the camera moves out. And he gets smaller and smaller and smaller until he's a spark of light in the sky. And he's a spark of light amongst billions of other sparks of light. But that's who he is. And all of that matters. And when I saw that, I was like, "That wow. You know, I mean, that's how important we really are. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. Yeah. You know, it's just that simple. We would not be here. And I got to understand that. Um, and so, you know, I still have my moments of procrastination, et cetera, et cetera. I still have these places in my life where I don't want to do that because I don't want to put myself out there. I don't want to be visible. I don't want to say the things that I really need to say because I don't want to start an argument or I don't want to be ridiculed on Facebook, LinkedIn, Insta, you know, <laughs> take your pick. Um, yeah. 
but yet all of that is still who I am, you know, and it does come through. It's that energetic pattern and that, that vibration that we share with, I'll say with like-minded people, but, um, there's an energy that we gravitate with. And, um, I, I'm at the point in my life now where I appreciate it to a greater degree and I'm rolling with it. You know, I'm just rolling with the flow Absolutely. and it, well, and it makes easier. It just makes it easier <laughs> in this moment in time. Yeah. All right. So let me, let me, cause uh, you, you unpacked a lot there. I've, I feel in my experience, what, what's hold, what holds people back is what you said about the fear of being ridiculed. Right? It's, it's the mm. fear, the fear of judgment. That's what, and you know, the fear of being vulnerable. Like there's, there's some type of, some type of judgment that they're going to get from sharing their authentic self. Like I, like I walked right. out of, a, I walked out of a job once. Only, only time I ever walked out of a job. So I was cooking at this restaurant. It was a fine dining restaurant inside of a, of a Hilton, uh -huh. and it, it was actually in uh, Mystic, Connecticut. And so I, I was, okay. I was a pantry cook doing desserts and all that stuff. Yeah. And then they were training me on the line. Now, like I didn't, I don't have a culinary, I don't have any degree, but but like I don't have a culinary degree, but I was a good cook. So the yeah, stuff, yeah. the stuff they you do there. You got a life degree. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, but but it's like I don't create dishes. You know, like chefs chefs yeah. create. So right, cooks, I understand. Cooks yeah. make the recipes. Yeah. So I'm on uh -huh. there. I'm not familiar with everything, and I'm calling for help. Nobody's coming down. So I'm just kind of just doing what I can to, to get these yeah. dishes out, but I'm feeling bad because people are paying, you know, yeah. and, and I'm not giving them, you know, the food the way it's supposed to be done. And so then the general manager of the restaurant comes down to eat in the restaurant. Now, all of a sudden the head chef shows up, the banquet manager shows up, the VP shows up <laughs> and they're like kind of pushing me out of the way. I said, Oh, Oh, now you guys show up yeah. because your <laughs> boss who's not even paying is in the dining right. room. And so right. where the last straw was, I was going up to the walk-in, which was a decent walk away from the main line yeah. to get some some lettuce. And so I get the lettuce. As I come around the corner, the, the chef is flying down, like barrels into me, doesn't say excuse me, doesn't say sorry, and just keeps on going. And I dropped the lettuce, and I walked right out the door. I was like, you know, and... I did end up going back two weeks later and I apologized for walking out. Right. I, I said, I said, I said, I said, I'm not sorry that I left. I said, but yeah. I'm sorry for the way I left, you know? Okay. So even, yeah, even yeah. though I did wrong, I still went back and said, no, cause like I felt ridiculously undervalued, disrespected, and I didn't handle it right, but right. I still went back and made it right. So it's like, you can take a negative stigma you know, and yeah. you can use that story to, to, to fuel yourself to repair the relationship. Right. Right. Exactly. And, you know, that's like an anecdotal experience, say, in the middle of a memoir, or that can be a creative short story in fiction. You can elaborate, yeah. embellish, you know, change the characters, et cetera, et cetera, change the entire instead of a restaurant. It's you know, in the middle of a movie set or, or yeah. you know, whatever. I mean, there's so many things you can do. And yet what I found with uh, storytelling, no matter what kind of a story it is, there's always that thread of absolute truth that runs through it. And that's why um, 
most are so successful in addition to knowing craft you know i mean i'm a big craft person Yep. So it's like, what do you mean you don't want to know the craft? What do you mean you just want this book done? You have to learn how to write. What do you mean you you don't care? You just you just want it done. Like, you know, I want to learn all of these other things, and and it's like, oh well. But so we so we have these stories, and you know, I was just on um, on Facebook yesterday with the friend of mine who had posted a really cool um, image of the wounded child, the guilt-ridden child, the, you know, there were four images, you know, with, with the little bullet points underneath. And I looked and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm this one. Um, I'm the one that never shuts up, you know, but, but I, I, I'm this one. I'm not these other three. And then I'm looking at it and I'm saying, wait a minute, where's the shame? Where's the shamed child? Because every single one of those little, those um, images, you know, th those, those uh, categories, they were all, their underlying structure was based on shame. And we're a shame-based society. Um, I don't know about any other country, but I'll just say, as far as I know, we're a shame-based society in the United States, and um, and that that sort of um, regulates the way people live. And so, one of the things that I think is is of the utmost importance is to help someone reduce and eliminate the. I'll say original, um, but I'm not talking about family DNA, et cetera, but, but their basic structured shame-based um, existence, you know, the, the fuel that got them started on that particular way. Um, I have a, 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 I'll give you an example and it has nothing to do with shame, but one of my grandsons, when he was about three or four, he, he had no fear. I mean, no fear at all. We went to these big slide places, you know, the, the, um, uh, they're like not balloons, but, but they're, um, like an inflatable the, park. The, yeah. Yeah. Th yeah. Those. And I mean, huge, you know, I wouldn't even go down the minute he walked in, he just went right up that ladder and went right down. And then I think it was like a year or two later, we went back, you know, with my son and my daughter-in-law and, and his brother and he didn't go near it because he was afraid to. And it really struck me because this kid, somewhere along the line, he realized, you know, that's a pretty big slide. <laughs> and, and so we realized things without even understanding the basis of it. For him, it was, it was a safety factor. Yeah. You know, thank goodness, because I mean, if he just went off and jumped off of buildings because he thought it might look, you know, it might be fun, then, you know, we wouldn't have him. But I mean, he was able to come to a certain realization like this is something I can do and this is something I can't do. And when he saw how large that slide was, he automatically interpreted it as something that he couldn't do. So we incorporate um, good things and not so good things. Um, that we experience or that are placed on us and we incor incorporate them within our being. And then that's what directs us further into the rest of our 
of our um, experiential life. Yes, I want to I want to expand yeah. on that. Okay. So, so in one of my one of my speeches, I start with a quote that says, "Every child would naturally step into their power if it weren't for outside interference." So, based on what you just said about things being placed on us, far yeah. too many times we let outside forces influence our actions, our thoughts, our mm-hmm. decisions. Right. You know, television, television is huge. You right. know, yeah. Yeah. Like not, not to go down, all the way down this road, but there are still yeah. people who think that Breonna Taylor was sleeping in her bed when, when she was shot. You know, God rest her soul. She, she didn't have to die that day, but she was not sleeping in bed. All of the police reports and all the evidence stuff, that um, proved that to be false, but people ha- just heard that on TV, didn't do any research, and they hold yeah. that they hold that as fact. Right, and, right. And TV it plays a huge role in exactly. public in public opinion. Right, right. I mean, I don't even want to go down that road because I have a feeling you and I are in complete agreement um, with just about everything, and um, it it's sad that there is so many lies and mis misinterpretations of of what people say, whether they're quoted or whether parts of the quote are dropped from the news feed and then they're just, you know, highlighted, just a portion of it is. But, um, you know, that's, that's who the nation has become for the moment. I don't know how it's going to end up. I really don't. I, I hope and pray that someone gets some spine and that people stop looking out for their greedy sides and start looking out for their courageous sides because we're not seeing all that much courage. Um, just a few, you know, people. Um, and and that's sad that that's sad because I mean, I I don't know about you, but my, I, I mean, I used to, so when I was a kid, I used to watch movie for a Sunday afternoon with my father and it was all about world war II. So when he came home from world war II, he had his experiences and he never talked about it. But what he did was he um, he reflected, he mirrored his recovery from watching these movies. John Wayne was his hero. End of statement. Hmm. And that's all there was to it. He bought every single uh, World War II book you can imagine. And I have the library. So I have all first editions of all of these uh, World War II books uh, written by Germans as well as, you know, Americans, uh, news people, et cetera. But so he stood for something. He drew a line in the sand and he said, this is who I am. And he went off to, here you go, Asia, um, Japan, Japan, uh, not Japan, but the Asian uh, theater where another uncle of mine went through Germany and he was part of Patton's general Patton's um, battalion group, whatever you call it. And um, he was, and this particular uncle was, was stuck in a foxhole for three days uh, with his, with his uh, dead um, partner, you know, his companion, uh, whatever you call, you know, the military um, and his, um, his, his, his friend, got shot and my uncle stayed, you know, he was there and, and it's better. So, so they all have these memories, you know, and they're not good ones. Um, the good ones come later on. They, they, they um, were able to piece things together into 
um, immerse themselves in some kind of a healing. And um, collectively, many of them did heal and collectively many of them didn't, you know, i.e. family dysfunction, et cetera, et cetera. But we don't want to go down that path. But the important thing is those are the stories that I grew up with. And I didn't realize just how that influenced me until I watched um, January 6th. I watched that insurrection and I wanted to watch it because I wanted to be a witness. And it upset me so much. And I didn't realize it, but for the next couple of weeks, I was all over. I mean, my energy was not settled in my body. My energy, I could feel everything within just going all over the place. And it took me two and a half weeks to get back to who I was to calm down. And as I'm going through this, and this is the first time really, I think that I was, um, that it ever happened to me or that I could even acknowledge something like that. I, I was just amazed at how watching something like that could affect us. But as I further um, thought about it, I realized how much of my father's patriotism had been um, absorbed by me, how watching John Wayne get killed on Iwo Jima mattered to me, watching Operation or Destination Tokyo or whatever those movies were, you know. I mean, they may had such an impact on me that, um, that caused me to to feel the way I feel, felt. And, and I mean, even with Vietnam, I, I can't even watch anything with Vietnam. Absolutely at all now. I, I mean, it just totally destroys me. So, you know, so there's that, that's more, more uh, personal to me than, than say the World War II stuff. But these are how our memories are formed and are fostered. And we either accept them and, and um, work through them if this is something we need to do, or we end up um, finding some area within our body that is suddenly painful, or we come down with something. Um, esoterically, lower back pain is financial issues, for example, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, so there are so many things that, that our environment um, introduces into our etheric etherical body it's mind body and spirit and we are all we are all three and if you would have told me that when i was 20 i'd gone yeah okay you know but now i'm a lot older and i do understand and so being a writing coach and being a um a, a freedom formula facilitator facilitator helps me uncover those things with other people so that they can move forward and move move into a a um a healthier lifestyle or a more understanding lifestyle, which gives them their own sense of gratitude for who they are, their own appreciation. I mean, we don't get out of here alive, but we do exactly. stand for who we are. And once we realize who we are, that matters. And that, that raises our, our power and it gives our voices, um, a second vibration, you know? And, and so what I do is I work with, and at this point it's mostly women, but you know, I did work with this guy um, and this six, six, sixth grade girl who ridiculed him on the playground, um, oh, yeah. you know, that he was still feeling. 
And, you know, I work with people who they want to share their unique story. They're afraid of the consequences of being truthful to their history because, oh my God, what will my sister, brother, mother, father, uh, uncle, cousin, friend, husband say about what I have to say, how these things impacted these people, but I help them feel safe so that they can write their story. And then later on, they can decide, do I really want to publish this? Do I want to publish it as a legacy? Do I want to know that I have written it and that's all I need for my own transformational healing? Or do I want to um, self-publish this and just give it, give, um, um, give, give copies to my family? You know, I, for myself, I would have loved to have had something like that about my parents and um, about, I guess it was about uh, quite a few years ago, I created a, um, a DVD and I took 468 pictures that I had from, this is, they were all I, I got to keep them, lucky me. You know, now I don't know what to do with them all. But I I had them put into a DVD with music based around it, uh, you know, music background. And it started with my great-grandparents, my great-great-grandmother's christening outfit. You know, she was in this picture with the great grandmother and the great grandfather. And then from there, right up until the last kid that got married or whatever it was, but it was an entire family history. And, um, and I passed out copies to everyone who came to this, to the, our family reunion. I, I knew who was coming in, you know, so I, I had all this stuff prepared. Um, and it was amazing. It, it was absolutely amazing because these, the, all of my relatives, they have their history. That's who they are. That's who we all are. And we are one, you know, we are together. So as much as you and I have our differences, we are the same. And I know that, you know, I know that like I know my own name and a lot of people understand that. And there are a lot of people that don't because they're not um, going down to the deeper surfaces of the deeper, the deeper areas of their lives. They, they stop at a certain, a certain uh, level and they say, well, you know, I've done, I, I know it all, you know, I've done everything that I need to do. Uh, I don't have these problems anymore. And the truth of the matter is that's one way resistance shows up, you know, so there's that. Yeah. And until you understand, okay, so there is something more and it's scratching at, at me somewhere. Until that happens, you're not going anywhere. See, and that's that's indoctrinated. That's yes. absolutely indoctrinated because we are told, you know, to go, go to school, go to college, work, work till you're 65 and retire. Yes. It's yeah. like, it's like that's what, that's what the box is that we that we get right. stuff stuffed in. Right. And right. then I, I had a woman on Friday and we were talking about, you know, when, when you start telling people that, hey, we can help you go to the next level. We can help you become an influencer or, or whatever else. You know, it'll right. just it'll cost you X amount of dollars and I'll give give you the blueprint. And people are like, oh, uh, that that's kind of sounds scamish. And we're like, no. Yeah. No, no, the corporate ladder is scamish. <laughs> That's scamish because you can work as a manager. You're never going to make CEO money. Right, right, never, right. never, that, never. That you know, keeps everyone in line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but people will will subscribe to that. Like they'll yes. go to a job oh, yeah. 
that they don't like, that they're yeah. undervalued, that they have to ask permission to take vacations mm -hmm. and everything else. Right. And, and they'll subscribe to that for 40 years. Exactly. And, and exactly. it's like, why don't you work your tail off for two? Yeah. Build, build a brand. And, and now that's not for everyone, but, but for right, the people right. that are in the corporate grind that really don't want to be, that they want more, like that's the right. person that this is for. Yeah. And work your tail off for a couple years, build something and build something where you can have an impact in the world. You can change people's lives and you can leave a legacy. Right, <laughs> right. Like that's, that's how you beat death. Cause yeah, right. in, in our bodies, we're going to die. Right. But oh, the yeah. videos, the books, the articles, all of that stuff stays behind. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. In, in many ways, Charles Dickens is still alive. So is um, Dale Carnegie and um, Elvis makes forty million dollars a year. Elvis died. Hello, please. Hello. <laughs> I, know. I know. I know. So this, exactly. I. I just. I have a a, a new book um, about John Lennon, and um, you know, he's still alive, and he's never going to die that I know of, you know, it, it is what it is. I think people get, people get um, comfortable and, you know, I've been there. I'm still there in some ways for some things, but people get comfortable in their ruts and it's, it's that comfort factor. It's why, why uh, rock the boat? Uh, why do something different? You know, life is okay. But, you know, if you're not, if you're not living your highest um, inspiration or your highest joy your highest purpose then is all of this comfort really what you want you you know what i mean it's a double-edged sword it's yes i'm safe you know i'm not going to be out on the street and die um in this cold weather for example mm -hmm. but at the same time i'm not happy you know and it's like i you know and i mean i'm speaking the colloquial collective I, you know, I want a better life. I want to be more. I'm tired of playing small. So how can we do this? Yeah, we can take this course or that course or another course, but there's something inside that says this is going to push me into the direction I want. Some people need um, need to uncover some of their their fears, you know, the, the reasons why they don't do the things that they do. Some people need to do some heavy duty journaling. And um, I'm I'm taking right now. I'm in a very very heavy duty journaling course, and I'm surprised at the things that come out. You know, but I mean, I can turn around and teach these things to my clients to give them a greater understanding of their story. And you know, at some point, I'll throw in a little bit of craft. You know, to make it worth my while, it's like, is this crap? This is how you create a scene. It's like, you know, so I'll get my little thing in there. But, um, you know, I mean, it, it's, it, it's, it's, again, it goes back to being visible, having a voice, knowing our identity, accepting and um, allowing our, our authenticity regardless of whether someone likes it or not. It's about- Let me, let, let me jump in real quick. Let yeah, sure. Because you just did a very polite, well-spoken, well-educated take, right? Name of my show is Shut Up and Grind. So my, <laughs> my take is people need to drop the ego. 
that's what it boils down to. I mean, everything you said is 100% right. Yeah, but, yeah, that's but, but true. That, yeah. But that, that was just a polite way of saying they got to drop the ego. People are afraid to move forward because they're afraid to right. fail. Yeah, they're right, right, right. What if I right. lose this? What if this doesn't work? What if I lose that? And that's right. all selfish. It's like, what if it does work? What if you're able to impact lives? What if you're able to put to put your kids in a better school? What if you're mm -hmm. able to do the things you want to do? Right. You, you know, it's like, what if right. you can donate donate to that charity or start your own charity? It's like, what about those what ifs? And those it, are reasons to step into your power, right there. Right. Step into right. Your <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. And and to further that, most people don't think that they're worthy enough to do that. I mean, you know, it goes back to who am I? Who am I to be this great? Uh, whatever that Marianne Williamson quote was that, um, um, oh man, I don't know his name. I am embarrassed. Um, the, uh, Af the African leader. Um, what are you talking about? <laughs> um anyway uh he was in prison for 20 years oh uh nelson mandela nelson mandela mandela who are you not shine your light you know that's basically what it is and to further that um maya angelo said there is no agony like bearing an untold story inside of you and yep. that's the truth and so these stories that we have sure they might not be um, publishable in the same way as, say, a James Patterson, for example, bestseller is, or even uh, Cheryl Strayed's um, memoir, Wild, you know, that was then made into a movie, uh, a movie, et cetera. I mean, all, all of these things, you know, it, it, it's where it sits in your life and the strength of the vibration that you give to it, also where you, where you align yourself. So um, my son, my oldest son and his now wife, uh, when they were first dating, they went on this, um, this continental trail, this continental divide trail hike from Canada to Mexico. And it was a five and a half month journey. Now she had already done a slightly smaller hike with you know, a bunch of people a few years back. So she knew what she was doing. My kid hadn't, he had no idea, you know, absolutely no idea. He was clueless. He just went out one day, started hiking and that was the end, end of it. But they had all of these experiences and I'm like, you know, and I got pictures and, and the phone calls and everything, but it wasn't until I read Wild, Cheryl Strayed's book, which was about her hike, that I knew what they went through. I knew what they did, and I was at a, um, I was at, when I was at this uh, workshop um, in Vermont. She was uh, a guest speaker, and I went up to her and I told her how I understood my kids' hike better because of her book. Mm -hmm. And I went back and I told you know my son and my daughter-in-law that I really got it. And, you know, I was so thankful that they they were able to share that with me. But I learned most of that, not from the ones who were actually going through the hike, because they were they were experiencing it in real time. I, I became aware 
in retrospect, and it was in Cheryl Strayed's retrospective, and and it, it you know it's it that's 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 what makes not just your story matter, but what makes it matter to be recorded for others to to um, read and and to accept and utilize in their own lives. Yeah, I and, mean, and if that, I, go ahead. Sorry. Right. And to that point, again, we have to re, re remember that. And this is something I had to learn. Like I've, I've never had an issue with public speaking. I was constantly in le leadership positions, captain of yeah. sports teams and all that. So I was always a good speaker, but mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't make the transition until I went to a speaking mastermind down in Atlanta with uh, er Eric Thomas's team. He's one of the top motivational speakers out there, but he helped, he helped me go from a speaker to a storyteller and like how to tell the story in a way that the people want to receive it. See, I right. was, I was focused on my delivery, my connection. I was focused. On, I mean, that, that stuff matters, but that's all right. I was focusing on. Right. I was, so he, he's like, when, when you were up speaking, he's like, you know, you checked most of the boxes except the connection piece. He's, he's, right, he's, exactly. He's like, yeah, he's like, you delivered your story beautifully. He's like, mm -hmm. but he's like, there was no emotion in it. He's like, you went too right. fast. So he's like, you right. didn't slow things down. He's like, the audience didn't connect with the story. Right. And I was right. like, oh, I got it. And that one mastermind changed everything for my delivery and every every facet of my life. Yeah. So like everyone that I connect with now. I do it in that fashion, like slow down, find out what their issues are, and then I can connect the stories in my life to what right. they are going through. Right, exactly, exactly. And and as you just said, it's your, your story matters to you, but it's your emotional grasp and your emotional um, bits that you share with the reader or with the listener, whoever your audience is, what matters to them is yeah. what's going to res resolve their their um, uh, their issue or or the reason why they stay to listen. Yeah, because we turn off. You know, I mean, if you're talking, um, you know, this. So I I read this book. Um, I won't even mention the title, but it was it's it's definitely you know a good book, etc. But it was as dry as dirt. I mean, it couldn't be any drier, dry as dust. I mean, mm. it took me six months to read this thing. Wow. And, you know, by the time I ended it, it was like, why did I waste my time? And yet it had so much information in it, but I couldn't, and I wasn't interested in it because it was so dry. There was nothing about, there was nothing personal or, or um, engaging. It was a dry list of of um, bullet points and maybe a little bit of anecdotal experience. But instead of saying my or me or I, it was, well, one does this and one does that. And I'm like, who's one? You know, I'm me. I'm, I'm I. I want to be able to identify with you. And yeah. that was missing. And I, I realized that. And it was like... You know, it was just a total waste of time for me. But um, wow. you know, it because it 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 you um, I you you know we detach ourselves 
from something that doesn't have any resonance with us. And we just lose interest. We walk away from it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we have to be able to engage and something has to grab our interest. And your story is very interesting to someone, yes. to many. It might not be interesting to a few or to other manys, mm -hmm. but there are the people, like I said, Cheryl Wild, Wild, Cheryl Strade's book, Wild, was very interesting to me on a number of levels, you know, being a writer, reading the memoir, et cetera. But it was how I could relate to my kid mm. even more so than how I normally did. So that strengthened, um, it strengthened the bond, you know. It strengthened the, yes, I know what you're talking about. It's like I went to college when my kids went to college. I didn't go right after high school. Yeah. So I was 40. My kids were, I don't know, 18, 19, 20, you know, when they were all in school. And we could commiserate. We could relate with with professors that were dry as dust, with, um, <laughs> you know, barely, barely um, passing a, 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 a course, with um, interactions. I mean, for a couple of years, my friends were 20-year-olds. You know, I mean, those are the people that I was I was interacting with in in school, 20, 22 year olds. And yeah. that gave me more of a, an open and a reflexive um, attitude so that I could relate on a better or on a deeper level with an age group that I was not part of. Yeah. You know, so that I could turn around and then know who I was, but still be able to relate to say my kids' friends. You know, there's always going to be that distance and that that border, that boundary because of of time and space, you know, and generational issues. But there's still that other connection. And those are the I, I look for those connections. They kind of like fall into my lap, you know, in many, in many areas. And I'm very appreciative of that. I, I really am. And that's why, you know, working with people is, um, is something that I do well. I'm really interested in your story. See, it's like, I, and you, and you recognize, like, you, like you said earlier, we're all the same. Like that, that's what people yes. have to understand. It's like, yeah. you know, we, we have different points of view, right. but, we're, but we're all the same. We all want to be happy. Our hearts all right. beat the same. Doesn't matter what color, what gender, what right. sexual orientation, right. what religion, it doesn't matter. Everybody wants to be happy. But right. you know, I want to share, I want to share something. I had, I had a woman on the, on my show on Friday. So two days ago, yeah. amazing, amazing woman with it, such an, amazing story but she but she was talking about how she wrote her book do it anyway girl and oh. she said that she she got the idea she she started she started the first day she uh -huh. said she said she wrote a thousand a thousand words and she needed 25,000 so she said all right so i did a thousand words in x amount of time she yep. said she said all right so i'm going to need 25 hours and so she went to her husband and she was like honey she said, um, I need a favor. And he's like, what are you doing now? You know, like, and, and if you go back and watch that episode, it, it'll, it'll, yeah, make, yeah, it'll yeah. make sense. And anyone else listening, if you haven't watched that episode, make sure you watch that episode. That was episode 45. And so he's like, all right. He's like, what do you need from me? She's like, I need 25 hours. 
She's like, I can get this book done in 25 hours. And he's like, okay. She, she's like, That's no, I, she's like, yeah. no, I need, she's like, I need 25 hours alone. She's like, I want to go like to the hotel up, up the road and just uh -huh. write. Yeah. Yeah. And she wrote that book in 25 hours. Wow. Right? She, That's I mean, amazing. Of yeah. course, she still had to edit it and, and all that. Oh, other yeah, stuff, yeah. But she got the content written in 25 hours. Yeah. And, and yeah. that touched me because all year, all year, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to make a digital course. Like, I'm going to make a digital course. Like, you know, I got I got the workbook done. Like, I sent sent, sent, sent it out to a designer. I had to make it all nice, nice. I just mm -hmm. had, to re had to record the videos. And I just kept replaying what she said in my head. She's like, mm -hmm. I just went done. So I went to my daughter. I was like, all right, I need a few hours. I said, because I got to get this course done. Mm -hmm. And now I am much better spur of the moment. Like I'm not, I'm not really good with scripted, uh, with scripted oh, stuff. Okay, 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 which, okay. Which is why I don't mess with talking points and all that. I said, let's just right, get right. here, let's just have a conversation, and we'll expand yeah. on the conversation. Like that's right, where my, right. that's where my strength lies. So right. I'm, so I'm down here, and I turn on the camera, and I was like, and I'm just fumbling, I'm just fumbling yeah. through it, and then I go back upstairs, and my and uh, my daughter's like, she's like, just make it happen. I said, I know, but. I suck at this part. I was like, I can yeah. go live, pick a topic and talk for hours. Not a problem. Yeah. But like yeah. just when it's scripted, that's not my strength. So finally I was like, you know what? It took me probably two and a half hours to, to get it started. Yeah. But I finally came down. I did the first video and then I recorded the entire course. Yeah. <laughs> the entire yeah. thing. Like I didn't finish till like 10 o'clock last night, but right. I got it all done. And why? From the power of her story. Like that's where the yeah, power yeah. comes from. So it's, it's and, like, you know what? She gave me permission to step into mine. Right, right. And you gave yourself permission to release the resistance that you had. Yes. Because your resistance was saying, I can't do this unless. And the yes. truth of the matter is you can do it and you did do it. You, you may have incorporated a couple of uh, tricks, so to speak, um, yeah. but you were able to do it. So, I mean, one of the keys would be to do a, um, so like you, you have each episode, you can just title, you know, an episode like this title, this episode is going to be on X and this one's going to be on blah, blah, blah. And as long as you have something like a guideline, at least you know where you're going. It's yeah. like, you know, I know how to get to California. I mean, you just go cross country. That's <laughs> <Yeah. easy. laughs> how do I drive there? Mm. I don't know. How do I walk there? Oh, that's never going to happen. You know, <laughs> how do I fly there? I still have to buy an airline ticket to San Francisco or to San Diego. I can't just buy an airline ticket to um, Oregon and expect to be in California. So yeah. I have the general direction, but then I have to be a little more specific. And this is where, you know, breaking things down. And yeah, you know your subject matter. And sometimes, one of the problems that I see, and this includes myself, we know our subject matter so well that we don't even know where to begin. You know, <laughs> yeah. where do I start with my life? Mm. You know, when I was a kid living in Stratford, when I was, you know, in in high school watching the monks in Vietnam uh, self-immulate, burn themselves do do I do I start when my cousin went to Vietnam? Do I start when my friends were coming back in body bags? Do I start when I got married? When you know, I mean, it's like where do you start? And the the point of uh, of it all is 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 you start where it matters. 
And that comes from, from, um, from digging. It's like, what's your story about? Um, where do you want to take this? What's your point? You know, I mean, you go like, I, I go through all of these different, I'll say questions, but it's more than that. It's like, what, what's the impact? What, what is it that you want to leave a reader with and what, and, or what impacted you the most? You you know, there's that too. So, like I said, with this, um, with this uh, guy that I was, that I was working with the other day, what impacted him most was being rejected by a 10-year-old girl in sixth grade when she went up to him on the school playground and said, I heard you like me. And she then turned around and said to him, well, I don't like you. You're too skinny. You're too short, you know? And that just like totally destroyed him. He was 10 years old. Yeah, you know, and now he's certainly a lot bigger and a lot, you know, more. But those memories stay with us, and yeah, it's up to us. The power to, of words, right? It's up to us to unpack them, bring them to the light, acknowledge them, say thank you to them because it's a learning experience, and then let them go. You and know. It, it is as easy as that sounds. It's also that difficult and that easy again, you know. I mean, but it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, uh, we gotta break. We gotta bring this down. But yeah. what people have to realize too is like letting go doesn't mean forgetting. You know, like people That's have to right. understand That's that. Right. It doesn't mean That's forgetting. That's a good point. Yes. Yeah. So, like, yes. I mean, I've been on both sides of of the hurt. Yeah. Like I said, I've never, I've never claimed claimed to be, you know, Mister Mister Perfect. Yeah. So, like, I've been hurt and I've hurt people. Like, I've done both, and I tell both stories. Right. Because you know, right, both exactly. stories still have power. You know, they yeah, both yeah. of them do. So you like just too many times people want to talk about just the good. But right, exactly. People I, like people identify yeah. with, with the comeback. That's what people want. Like when you watch watch a movie, the good guys are getting their butt kicked the entire movie. And then they triumph in the end. <laughs> you know, so it's because people right. want to see the struggle. They want to see that, all right, you dealt with some stuff. Oh, okay, right. so you, you did that in your life, or you had this hardship, and that's the power in the story. So, so yes, I went through all that and still got here. Right, like, exactly. That, exactly. That's the power. Exactly. That's, the power. that's it. All right, so that's, talk, talk about your website here, then we'll bring it down. Okay, so um, my website is about me being a memoir, uh, a memoir writing coach, and and as I said earlier, I work with people who want to share this story, who feel that they have something to say and are willing to be open and and ready to share it, but they're afraid of potential consequences with, say, family, friends, um, and whomever, and I help them take that story into where they want it to go. I help them write their story. I help them um, um, have that transformational healing within. And it takes what it takes. But there are people that, a lot of people that have been writing and they self-publish. There are people that um, keep their stories for themselves. There are people that just want to want to share it with a select few, but they need to get it out there. They need to write it. They need to go through um, and resolve those uh, past experiences and past memories 
or past feelings. And that's where I come in. And we've all been there. You know, we've all had had um, our moments of, of guilt, of pain, of shame, of I wish I didn't do that, you know, but I did it. And, you know, trying to find a way to to um, create a sense of completeness within. And we do that through journaling, through writing our stories, through talking through certain um, cer- certain moments. Uh, and I have the tools to, to do that. So um, I, I do a lot of different things. I, I help people edit after they've written their first draft so that their first draft becomes more than a first draft. Um, I can help them go through some uh, some of the publishing process. Um, I've done ghostwriting. You know, I, I have the story to tell, but I don't know how to write it and I don't want to write it, but I, I write it for them, you know, yeah. the I meaning them, not me. And, um, um, you know, d- taking someone through a, um, a writing course, I, I conduct five day writing challenges so that at the end of a writing challenge, if you're paying attention and if you're doing the, you know, the exercises and the homework, you can have a short story and a short story could be, uh, an aspect of memoir. It could be, um, an anecdote. It could be, uh, many different things. It could be fiction, you know, too, for that matter. But the point is to get to get to a place where you can actually write something down. And that's where I come in. I help people bring life to the stories that they have hidden. Yeah, it's perfect. And, <laughs> and like I said, and I do the exact same thing just on the speaking end. It's like, right. I, it's like I write I write articles for publications yeah. and stuff but yeah. but i help people on the speaking end so the exact same same line so for those listening you got two options here so like if you if you got some stories that you want to turn into a book or a memoir yeah. or whatever then tina's your gal you know yeah. and her, web, her website's right up here, here on the board you guys will see my contact info on, on um the outro video and uh tina thank you for for joining All right thank you for joining thank, thank, thank you for thank sharing you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate this. This has been fun. It's been um, a great experience for me. You know, so this is 46 straight shows now where everyone has said, this has been fun. <laughs> it has been. It has been. This is awesome. You know, so the first couple, it's like, are they just being nice? <laughs> but now <laughs> but now everyone's saying it. So it's yeah. got to be some truth there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much again. So you have yourself a great day. Thanks. You too. You All right, too. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. So that was Tina dropping some knowledge on us. You know, we went a little bit over, but like I said, hope you guys got a lot out of this. Again, it's Valentine's Day, but don't forget self-love. Self-love is the most important love that you can give because when once you love yourself, then you can fully love anyone else in your life. So this is Rob Foster signing out, and I have an outro video now too. So I'll be back on Tuesday with Allison for another great conversation. Have a great day. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. 
We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com slash speaks on Instagram at Robert underscore B underscore Foster on Twitter at RBF underscore fitness and on Facebook at Robert B. Foster. Till next time, shut up and grind.